I hadn't heard them drums in three years. They sound good. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for everything. Uh, we're we are blessed here, extremely blessed, and I am so grateful for it. Uh, turning your word tonight to Ephesians, uh, where we have been and will continue to be, unless the Lord leads differently. But Ephesians, part four. No, uh, <laughs> But we're talking tonight about by gra- it's by grace through faith. And aren't you thankful for His grace and mercy? Yeah. By grace through faith. Uh, I want to welcome those who are viewing online and uh, by, by the computer or uh, what is that? It's online. Maybe you are watching on your computer, but it's online or through Facebook, either or. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you have a chance to get here, get here. Because I can promise you one thing, it's not because of who's in here, people-wise, but it's because of who's in here in the Spirit. And we thank God for His presence in this place. And uh, we're just excited about what the Lord is doing. But Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to really stroll through here tonight. We're going to cover a whole verses 8 through 10, <laughs> maybe. And <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, when we first began here, uh, so, so six and a half years ago, uh, you felt like you had to get things in, and, 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 and I'm not going anywhere, so why hurry? Uh, so uh, we're just taking our time, and there's nothing wrong with that. I am, I am in love with the Lord. I'm in love with His Word, and I thank God every time I read it, I just have those aha moments. But uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. What a powerful segment portion of Scripture. What, there is so much in here that uh, we could spend quite some time here. But we are saved only one way. It's by grace through faith. We are saved one way, that grace through faith. Grace in the Greek we know is charis. uh, Which we, the the charismatic derives from that. And I remember... (laughs) Uh, speaking to my mom years ago, and I said, Mom, if, 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 and I asked her, what is charismatic? What in the world is that? And, and I said, if, if charismatic come from the word uh, or the root word for, for grace, which is charis, I said, charismatic is to be operative in that grace. I said, and most charismatic people are all but that. And I uh, said, I don't really understand. But anyway, charis, it's a, it's a, uh, a matter of fact, it's acceptable, uh, a benefit, a favor, gift, joy. It pleased to please the Lord. So grace, Greek is charis, so it's of manner or an act that he gives and it pleases him to give. It's an act of his grace, his mercy. He gives that to us for benefit, for favor. It's a gift, we know that. And it's joy, it's joyous to him. It pleases God to save your soul. Think of this. It pleases God to take away all your filth, all your shame, all the sin, all the things that are there that are damning one to hell. It pleases Him to
to save your soul and to take all that and to get rid of it. It pleases Him. It pleases Him when you come to Him. It pleases Him. And it, it ple He loved us and even, even when we were yet sinners. He loved us. It pleases God to save our soul. And He does it with great joy. You are accepted in Christ so that you not only have the favor of God, but also all the benefits are available. All the benefits, and it pleases Him to bestow them to you and on you. My gosh. I know it's Sunday night, but man, it's a good Sunday night. It pleases God to pour into and own your life, and that ought to make you happy. It ought to make you glad. If I go to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, it's pleasing to Him. And He says, oh, thank you. And I, it's pleasing to me to pour into you and onto you and through you. I get to be a beneficiary. We, we, we won't go there, but I, we will. A beneficiary of the will. I receive the benefits. But only one way. In and through Christ Jesus. So how does all the goodness come to you? How are we a recipient of grace? Through faith. Through faith. We said this this morning. Faith has been very loosely used in church. Faith is loosely used. Well, you just got to have faith, brother. Oh, sister, just have faith. Your faith has wavered. Oh, don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Faith is so loosely used that most people don't even understand. Faith is not the issue, again, and it's not the problem. It's the proper or object of your faith. That is the issue. That is the problem. Everyone's got faith in something, and most people's faith are in themselves. Or, or maybe it's in a program, or maybe it's in a church. There are people who are in a dying church, or even a dead church, who are so determined to, and so committed and faithful to the church, I'm talking the body, the place, the name, that they wouldn't dare leave there. They would sit there and die and, and sulk and be miserable all for the name of a church. Not one church name. I don't care what name your church may say. Lakeside Church, that name has never saved one soul. But Jesus sure has. But Jesus sure has. So we need to be making sure that we're lifting up the name of Jesus, not promoting your church. So faith is most of the time often found in themselves or a program of church, even in their parents. Or sometimes faith is found in creation. Ceremonies and rituals. Oh, Easter's coming. If I don't get all dressed up and come all happy and pretty pale and paisley colors, then I just don't know if I'm saved. I think you should wear red, green, and white. Christmas colors on Easter. First Sawyer. Sawyer's got a Christmas suit. You should wear it Easter with all the lights going. But we put faith in the craziest of places... But then people think, you're crazy because I stand on the rock and my faith is in Jesus Christ alone. Well, y'all are just, y'all are crazy over there. 
I mean, we've been called crazy. We've been told we were a cult. We've been told we're brainwashing people and all these things. And I said, well, that's awful funny because that's the only brainwashed people that are sure are free. <laughs> they go, they do, they say what they want, they live how they like, and, and their, 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 their desire is to please God. So it's true we are saved by grace through faith, but it must be understood what faith is. Here's why I say this morning, it's not only important to preach the gospel, but it's also important to expound upon and to preach and present the purpose of the gospel. Explain the how. Explain the how. That's missing in, in, in the church uh, because we like to rile people up and get you excited and, and then shoo you on. Go on your way before you get disgruntled. <laughs> we need to know how. I remember asking my dad all the time how things worked, and it would drive him nuts. And Summer would talk about the, when we were little, we had some exciting toys. We had the little plastic bubble with the little orange plastic wheels on the side, and you push it, and the balls pop up inside of it. Boop, 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 boop. And Summer, didn't you have to tear yours up? Because she won't know what in the world was going on inside that thing. I want to know how. And, 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 and Lord, how do you, and how many of us, Lord, how did this happen? I know your word's true, but how, Lord? I know it's through you, but, but how? i got nothing to do with it but placing my faith in you. So faith derives from, derives from the Greek word pythio, or pytho, meaning to convince. It's a verb. Faith is an action. Hello, somebody. Faith is an action to agree, to assure, to believe, to obey, to trust, and to yield. Faith is an action. Lord, I know that you are true and you are faithful. And my faith is in your finished work. So I'm going to yield to you, Lord. I'm going to stand and see your salvation. I'm just standing and watching you be God. Just have faith. Faith, is, faith here in this term is, is pistis. And, and it's a moral conviction. A reliance upon Christ. A constancy in his in your profession, by extension of the gospel, which is truth itself. Preaching the word, teaching the word. So I want to break it down. We, we say grace is the unmerited favor of God. That's true. And, and, and we can't earn it, we can't buy it, and, and that's true. But it's when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work, that this grace of God is shown to us through faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. So the unmerited favor of God is shown to you. And you are a recipient of that through, through faith. Faith in what? Jesus Christ and His finished work. Because if you don't explain what faith is and you don't teach what faith is and people don't understand what faith is, well, I got faith in what, me? Program, the church, I go to church, I sing the songs, I raise my hand, I got a goosebump, I even shouted one time, I got faith, I'm saved, I'm living it up, yes, Lord Jesus. No, our faith has got to be proper. And we have done a horrible job at teaching and expounding upon what faith is. I mean, the dude sang a song about it. What's the dude's name? George something, another. Huh? 
Oh, yeah, you were a fan, Jason. Jordan Michaels. <laughs> I got you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to have faith. Wait, what, though? I mean, we, we hear this. Man, I'm just going through a rough time. Well, don't lose faith, sister. I haven't lost faith. I'm going through a rough time. Faith doesn't deny the obvious. Oh, I'm in a wheelchair. Well, if you had enough faith, sister, you'd get out of that wheelchair. Well, no. I've got faith that I am healed. It'll be here or in glory. <laughs> it's, faith isn't based on your circumstance. It's based upon what has already been done. So we've got we to gotta, we gotta explain this. Grace, if you will, go with me here for a moment. Grace is the water. Faith is the channel that allows the water to flow to you. Oh, my goodness. Around here, these parts, we call it a hose pipe. I don't know what you call it from where you're from. I know it's, it's either a hose or a pipe. Or it's a water hose or a garden hose. It's a hose pipe here. So if I want to get that right, David, me and you got hose pipes and me and Shayla, we crunked the car. <laughs> so anyway, if I want to get water from the source, the, the faucet, which if I want to get it from there, to, to over there to that field to water the grass, I gotta have a channel. I gotta get it to the field. The source is never dry, the water is always continually flowing and it's always continually ready. The problem is this we don't exhibit faith in the proper place, so we never connect faith to grace and allow it to flow from the source to the to the recipient. When you plug in, when you get into the river, when you get into the source, when you go to the fountain, when your faith is anchored in Christ and His finished work, you, are, you, are, you have that, 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 that channel there, if you will, and it's flowing to you. It pleases God to do it. My Lord, somebody. It pleases Him to flow to you. We have to be very diligent in teaching and explaining faith because, again, if it's not proper or correct, you spend your life seeing the source but never experiencing the benefits. This is the life of most believers. They see the promised land, but they're never going. Most believers know and they understand that He is the healer, that He is the baptizer, that He is, he is everything. He is my all in all. That He is peace and joy and comfort. But that they find themselves living in misery and frustration and, and anxiety or, or pridefulness and, and I've got this thing and I'm going to prove you wrong and all this yada yada. It was funny because, well it's not funny, it's how the Lord works. It seems like every time we turn on and Gabe's talking about something. It's like, man, I just preached on that thing or taught on that thing. But that's how the Lord works. It always lines up. What I preached last week, Wayne preached uh, right along those same lines with Maury Mondays. That's just how the word, it always lines up with itself. But anyway, most people spend their life frustrated and they, get, and they come to, the, to, to Jesus and they receive Christ. They're saved. But they're miserable. They're frustrated. 
And they're doing what they don't want to do. That's that six, seven, and eight life of Romans. And, and they find themselves in a place of continual irritation, if you will. And it's when we come to this, this, this place, this revelation, if you will, of the, of, the, of the cross has been made into our lives that my faith has got to be anchored. My faith has got to be anchored in Christ. And when that happens, then I connect that faith to grace and I begin to change. <laughs> I'm no longer about me. I'm no longer about, look at me, I want to get on the stage and I want to have my name. I'm no longer about me. It's about lifting up the name of Jesus and preaching the gospel and seeing lives changed. If your priority and your drive in life is to get on this platform, it's wrong. He and He alone is to be lifted up. So we've got to make sure that we're not just seeing the source, but you yourself are reaping the benefits. How do you do that? You place your faith in Christ and He alone and the finished work. Nothing else. But you got to do it. I can't do it for you. No one else can do it for you. You've got to do it. And I want to tell you something. Even when you do, don't be discouraged when you don't think or feel what you think you should because it ain't up to you. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not ours. They're much higher than ours. So it's not about you. It's not about me. Well, Lord, I've been sitting here and I've been preaching the cross and i got a cross shirt and i got this and, and I even got a bumper sticker that says it's about the cross, the cross, the cross and there ain't nothing happening for me, Lord. Well, maybe if you would deny yourself first commandment and follow Him, then you would begin to reap the benefits of the cross. It isn't just a phraseology, it's life. It's life. we got a lot of people preaching the right gospel, but their lives don't line up with it. They're preaching the right thing, but they're not telling people how, because they don't know. Just sounds good. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. All were counted and recorded because of one thing, their faith. Well, because of who they were, their name. I mean, Rahab's in there. She was a, a prostitute for crying out loud. But that, listen, God sees beyond all of that because of faith. Abraham was counted right because of faith. Moses, faith, it's faith. Not because of who you are, your last name, your accolades, your doctorates, or whatever. It's not. It's faith. Destroy. The, the devil wants to destroy one thing, your faith. Oh, he's trying to kill me. No, he's trying to destroy your faith. He don't care about you. Uh, I mean, I, I misplaced my wallet today. Oh, I was so frustrated. I was like, oh, God. I wouldn't worry about people getting our money because it ain't going far. I was like, Lord, the church card's in there. And they're going to they gonna go on the shopping spree to the Walmarts. <laughs> but anyway, they didn't. I found my wallet, thank God. He showed me where it was. And... But, but our faith, bad things and crazy things still happen to you if your faith's still proper. 
It just does. I must not be doing something right. I mean, the world, the wagon, the wheels will fall off the wagon. Maybe it's because you're doing a lot of things right. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it's impossible. Not that it, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, without the proper faith, without it anchored in the finished work, in His provision, it's impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Going back to Zacchaeus, and, 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 and uh, I have, a, anyway, I've told about that before, but Zacchaeus, the, the thing that the Lord wanted us to know, the Holy Spirit wanted us to make sure we knew of Zacchaeus is that and he sought to see Jesus. He was short. He was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he? He climbed up in that sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted to see. Listen. No. He sought to see Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit. He was seeking. Diligently seeking him. We got a lot of lookers. I was looking for my wallet. I couldn't find it nowhere. I hit myself in the head. I drove to Midtown Sundries about 95 miles an hour. And I was like, dear Lord, oh, it's going to all just, summer's like chill out, calm down or whatever. And I walked over to the house. I said, Lord, I'm sorry I'm irritated, but I need you to show me where my wallet is because I'm an idiot. And he did. It was in a box underneath clothes in a, in, a, in a computer. I don't know how it got there, but it was there. I don't care. I just know that it's found, thank God. But we need to be seekers of Him and not just lookers of the benefit. When you fall in love with Jesus and not just the idea of what He can do for you, I promise you one thing, your life will change. <laughs> we got a lot of church folks that are in love with the idea of who Jesus is. But when you fall in love with Him, you're going to smile when you don't want to. You're going to talk to people that you just didn't used to talk to. You're going to find favor with people that you shouldn't find favor with. And things are just going to come your way that just blow your mind. All because, not you, but because of Jesus. He'll change everything about you. You won't be mean. You won't be a jerk to people. You might, sometimes they come out, but I'm talking about all the time. People feel welcome when they see you and like, oh, jeez, who licked the red off this cat's candy apple? Man, what's wrong with him? Do you got, like, people, you, you know those people that say they're Christians and you're like, Oof. if that's who Christ is, that ain't what I read in this Bible. He'll change you. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. There is most definitely a prescribed order of victory that's found in, in, in pure 100% faith in Christ and His finished work. A program may help for a little while, but it can't heal you. And most often what happens if someone gets involved in a program, their faith goes from Christ to the program. Because they'll call you codependent. I ain't codependent, nothing. I'm 100% dependent upon Him. 100% dependent upon Him. We do, listen, we don't like to hear it because it takes us out of the picture. Well, I can do that. No. No. One of the greatest songs to me ever is I Surrender All. 
That sums it all up. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift. I feel like Bernie Sanders when I'm doing this. It is the gift of God. And this is how. No. It is the gift of God. Listen, there is no other way that we're saved. Now I put my hands in my pockets or something. <laughs> Listen, the mission of the church is this, to be Christ-like. Not to build your local body three stories high with strobe lights and, a, and, a, and a, those lights they have when they had car sales going up. No, listen, if the Lord tells you to build, build. But your mission of the church is, one, to be Christ-like. And if you're Christ-like, you're going to go preach the gospel. You're going to go love those that you wouldn't think you would love. You're going to share. You're going to reach out. You're going to reach the lost. And you're going to grow and disciple the saved. So we teach them. We teach them why. We disciple those. We reach the lost and we disciple those that are saved. Why do we do this? So that in turn they will grow in their walk and they will do the same thing. It's reciprocating. You give. And it comes back. You give. And it comes back. A program should never be offered before Christ. He is the only way and everything that you need to salvation, deliverance, healing, joy, peace, comfort, strength, everything. But most often the rebuttal of one is this. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I say this as gently and lovingly as I know how. I don't have to understand. He already knows. He already knows. When we take on that mindset, here's what we do. We're placing our issue, whatever it may be, above the ability of God. Matthew 6 verse 8 says, Be not you therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. So give it whatever it is to the Lord. Lay it down. He'll take it from you. But to lay something down means you got to let go. You got to let it go. You, you got to, you, I mean, this is, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to say this represents something. But this is just anger. A white napkin, whatever you clean it, anger. And we come to the altar and we pray, Lord, and, and we do this and we, we take it with us. <laughs> and we go back the next week, Lord. I'm so, Lord, blah, 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 whatever it is, and you, and you take it with you. Lay it, let it go. Leave it there. Lay it down. And, and don't pick it back up because you don't need to. It's not yours to carry. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, and it don't matter. He knows. Verse 9 says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. You, listen, you must certainly rest. And the finished work of Christ. But it does not mean that you do nothing. We live today in a lazy society. 
And the church as a whole is a lazy church. Because we're just going to rest in Him. We're just going to show up. And the Bible tells us if we lift up His name, He will draw all men nigh unto Him. That is true. Me and Keith Babbitt had a long conversation about this one time. And, 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 and I don't know if he said or I said, but we were talking about Noah building the ark. The Lord sent everything he needed, but Noah had to build. The Lord has sent you every single thing that you need, but you've got to do something with it. Faith is a verb. It's an action. Faith without works is dead. Now, this is a, this is a, this is a taboo word. Well, we can't say works in the church because I've been delivered from works. Well, your works were based upon you and not because of what you had. <laughs> a Christian cannot be lazy. A Christian cannot be lazy. Proverbs 10, verses 4 and 5 says, He becomes poor who deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in the harvest is, is, is a son who causes shame. Proverbs 12, verse 11 says, He who tills his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he who follows vain persons is void of understanding. When we're listening to ideas of everything else, rather than doing what the Lord has said, we're in trouble. Proverbs 12, 24 says, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful hand, or the slothful, shall be under tribute. Proverbs 26, 15 says, The slothful hides his hand in his bosom. It grieves him to bring it again to his mouth. The Lord has given you everything you need, but we're so lazy we won't even eat. We won't even be partakers of His divine nature because we want to be, I want to, I just, this is what Christian I want to be. I want you to put a feeding tube in me, Lord. I just want to lay here. I want to take it all in. This is what, this is, for real? That's what we want. We're, not weird, the church is lazy. But if you use the word works, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you preach Christ and Him crucified. I do. But I work because of what I have not to get anything. Faith without works is dead. Maybe because you and, and your four aren't, aren't doing anything is maybe because why that's you and your four. I mean, I know that sounds terrible and it sounds harsh, but we've got something in us to share. Most church services consist of the pastor preaching to the same people that have been saved forever. When you don't take what you got and sow it, I'm, I'm, this year's the things is changing. For, not, not in a bad way. I'm not, we have the best church. I know I'm partial because I'm the pastor, but I, listen, when I hear other people talking about, when I talk with other pastors about things that are going on, I think, whew, thank you, Lord. 
<laughs> I just had a conversation this week, and it was with financial matters and some bad financial decisions. And I was like, oh, God, thank you, Lord, that you have surrounded me with people that are financially minded and that understand long-term investments and how things work. Thank you, Lord, because I don't really know all of that. I just know, let's go do it. That's all, that's all I know. And, and the council has to reel me in sometimes. Because I'm all about it. Let's do it. We'd have holes everywhere. But anyway, let me, let's get on past that. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 10. And I, oh, that's James. I'm not 2 Thessalonians. Here we go. 3, verses 6 through 10 in 2 Thessalonians. It says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother who walks disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any man would not work, neither should he eat. Now the church loves to use the example, well, we're a church, could you do it for free? And it makes me sick. Makes me sick. We're a church who's been blessed. And I'm not asking you to do anything for free. I don't want bread for free. I want to pay for it. I want to labor for it. And I want to earn it rightfully so. Because if I don't work, the Bible tells me that I don't eat. But we want to use, well, brother, we're a church. You think you could donate for a little tax write-off, a paint job? <laughs> you and your ten men, I mean, I know you ain't got nothing else to do. Come over here and give us a $10,000 paint job, and I'll give you three seconds of my time, and I'll write you a little piece of paper. Come on. How about we say, hey, so-and-so, could you come give me an estimate? Oh, man, that's awesome. When can you start? Because God has provided and we'll pay you gladly. Jeff uh, Jimenez goes here. Great man. Has a wonderful company. I asked Jeff, Jeff, I need you to give me an estimate for Yatkinville. And I didn't say, Jeff, I need you to give me an estimate with a 10% or a membership discount. I said, Jeff, give me an estimate. And he gave me an estimate. I said, man, that's a great estimate. When can you start? We can't use that. I, we've got to work, church. Listen, young folks, you can't be lazy. The society that you've come up in has raised you, has raised a bunch of Bernie supporters. Because we've handed them everything, we've handed people everything, for, and they've done nothing for it, and now that's all they know, and they think that's what they should get. I posted on my Facebook, the mice die in the mousetrap because the cheese is free, and they don't understand where it comes from. The same thing happens with socialism. 
When we get back to teaching the Word of God, the Word of God says, listen closely to anyone and everyone, for if a man will not work, he will not eat. Brother, I thought you were talking about faith and grace. I am. <laughs> I'm talking about it. I, I, people, and I know people joke. I work harder right now than I've ever worked in my life. Can we? Whew, Lord Jesus. Get ready, brother. <laughs> Terrence, y'all, I mean, it's a different kind of work. I mean, I'm not in here like Bob the Builder. I mean, yeah, I am, but I'm not. Uh, I, I, it's, I can't explain it. But it's, it's, we've got to work, we've got to put our faith into action. It's not physical, not just physical things. I'm talking about sharing the gospel, making the opportunities there, making them available. But most churches beg more than they believe. Well, if you could just give us this or that or whatever, how about give them something for, in return? Finally, on this matter in, in, in uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 22. Talking again with faith. What does it profit, my brethren, though if a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and none of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Be warmed and filled, notwithstanding uh, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yes, a man may say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. The devil also believes and trembles. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with, with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Abraham had faith because he said when we return to the servants. But he had to put that faith into action and lay Isaac upon the altar. And we can have all the faith in the world, but if you do nothing with it, it's dead. And this is the case with the majority of the church. But we need to turn that into action and we need to do with it what we're commanded to go and tell. Listen, this is not the field of dreams. Build it and they'll come. I love how Matt Gunner said it. He said, this is not show and tell, it's go and tell. By the way, uh, Sister Gunner, if you didn't know, Matt, if you ever see this, you may know. I'm going to have Matt here sometime soon to preach. I'm going to tell you, not just because he's Sister Gunner's son, he's a man of God and he desires in his heart. Man, his heart is to reach Reach the lost and see people grow. 
Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. This is the Great Commission, and we fail miserably at it. Because when we go out them doors, we go into our car, and we're going to haunt them. But I can tell you there is a lost and a hurting world right around us. So I want to tell you, this year, outreach is going to be a huge part of this church. Huge. You're going to know this community like you have never known it before. I, I, I see the, the, the in-town in missions projects happening. Knowing them. Showing them the love of Christ. I'm not talking about going and hitting them in the head of the Bible. I'm talking about showing them the love of Christ. Reaching them. If you don't have, if you have not loaded that app, bless every home. I'm telling you, Dennis, is it not? It's awesome. You, you, you put in your address. It gives you an area around you. Say, I want to adopt 20 or 40 or 100 houses, whatever it is. It will show you these. And it gives you by name. And you're praying for the people around you by name. So not only are you praying, you're not asking amiss. You're asking what you know what you're asking for. You're praying by name. So verse 10 in, in, in uh, Ephesians 2 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We are. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And that in itself should excite us. In Jesus Christ, you're a new person. You once were this but now you are new. You once were a child of wrath, but you're no longer that. He not only makes your heart new, He'll give us a new mind. Romans 12 in verse 2 tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which comes in Christ Jesus. So He, he changes everything about us. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, if you, be, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When He renews your mind, your affections, will change what your mind is set on will change man I, I, I years ago I could tell you stats in baseball and on my on my beloved NC State Wolfpack who's been terrible but I still love them I could give you the names of this I don't even know who starts for them I don't know their record a friend of mine I grew up with texted me in Carolina Beach State I didn't even know and I don't even care I used to get so doggone mad, I'd want to fight. I don't even care. Israel was talking about it the other day. Man, I just, I, dude, I've been taking stuff to the scrapyard. It just blows my mind. This car stuff. I'm a car guy. I don't even care no more, man. My, my affections have changed. My love has changed. God, I just want to do what you want me to do. And, and whatever that is, I'm going to do it with all that I got. 
He renews our mind. Our affections will be set on the things above. And He will continually renew our mind. He is always working. The good work will never be self-driven. But done by the leading of the Holy Spirit. I've done good things out of self-desire. We all have if we're honest. But when the Lord begins, and the Holy Spirit begins to change you and change even your affections, the things, the good works that you are doing so that they don't see you. They'll see the good works, but there's going to bring glory to your Father which is in heaven. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be driven and led by the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to happen. And you'll do them when your faith is anchored in the finished work. That is His desire. This is His desire for you and I to share the gospel, not to sit around and wish or just talk about it. Proverbs 14 verse 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lip tends only to penury. Penury, penury, however you say it. Talk, don't get nothing done. When we would go start a job and I would have to lay out, we had our benchmark and we would start setting batter boards and we would lay things out. And, and it would never fail. There would always be guys sitting around just talking. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about how this is going to lay. I said, we're talking about it. Don't get it done. Let's do it. Get your hands out of your pockets and get your tape measure in your hand and let's start pulling. Let's start pulling strings. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Here's the church's problem. We talk about everything, but we do nothing about it. Talk's cheap. We, we, we know, you should know around here, we'll talk about it, but then we're going to do it. This is going to happen. You might come in here and this whole place changes. You just don't know. Three years ago when people came in here, they came in one Sunday, this was, you wouldn't even see me. <laughs> they came in the next Sunday, they what the, what happened in here? It's not a, and listen, to, we've got to do the things of the Lord, what He desires to go and teach and to share the gospel, not just talk about. We can plan and we can do and we can map out the area all we want and, and all this looks great and y'all are going to hit here. Let's just, let's just go do it. Well, if I get cussed out, when are you going to get cussed out? Then just get over it and go to the next door. I've been cussed out before, it ain't that bad. You'll get over it. Listen, many talk much and they do nothing. Those who truly labor will know the profit. Nothing always produces nothing. Always. Guaranteed. And I said this morning, do not fear failure, but be terrified of regret. The seed will not grow unless you sow it. Let's just give them Jesus. By grace, through faith are you saved. Why? To share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Tonight as uh, the musicians and singers, they make your way up. I asked you uh, last week, and I'm going to ask you again, remind you. Some specific things to pray for. One is not even our need. 
It's a need for our brother and sister in the Lord. That the Lord will provide a building for Bob and Sharon Cornell, for Cornell Ministries. A building that is far beyond what they could ever think. Not one that's ran down, that needs one that is great shape, that's perfect. Because God gives great. He gives great in a great measure. So I want you to pray. I want you to agree in prayer that the Lord will supply Cornell Ministries, a building for Bob and Sharon, not for them, but to be used for His glory. Two, that we're going to be debt free and that we're going to reach not just this area code, but this whole county and beyond. That Yakkinville is going to be turned upside down. Kendra told us this morning, there's not a more perfect place that you guys could have planted the church. She said, we need this. Thank God for hungry souls. And while I'm standing here, lift up Joe Sowers and Kendra. Lift them up. Because that is a young couple that I know and I believe the Lord's going to work through in a tremendous and mighty way. They might not even believe it yet, but I do. I want to know tonight if you'll put your work where your faith is. If you'll join us and believe. He's going to be glorified in all things. But I'm believing this house. I'm putting a praise on this house. is going to be full of every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. Yakkinville is going to be full. I'm hungry for all that he has. Or maybe tonight you just need to come and you need to connect that channel. You need to connect faith to grace. Lord, I'm sorry that my faith has been in the wrong place. I love you, Lord. I'm just asking you to connect that thing that faith and grace and I want to receive all that you have you will stand tonight if you'll come to make yourself a place at the altar pray for those things or if you need prayer find us and we'll gladly pray with you but he is able church he is able I've turned the I have failed the leading of your hand, but today my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great I Yeah. Hey.
Hallelujah. I thank God for His greatness. Thank the Lord. We so don't deserve what He gives and blesses us with. I say sometimes I, I can whatever this or that but here's what I believe in one souls to be saved two the saint to be strengthened three the debt to be gone four a new sanctuary over there with a few classes in a children's church this will be the youth facility and it'll be full. And the whole back area will be a fellowship hall. God is able. He's able. Those buses are going to run. Not one, but multiple loads. And we ain't going to have nobody walking to church. Right? <laughs> But he's able. He's able. Before we leave, I want to just take a moment. and We have some talented folks in our church. We have some gifted folks in our church. And I wanted to recognize Dalton for being inducted into the National Honor Society. Man, I did 